your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three call, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. That's it, got it! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now, your hosts, KLIM contributor Cole Stukin Holmes and sports director Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIM Husker Hour. We're getting it gassed up early this morning. Cole is fired up. Yes. It's a good show. We've got uh, Kent Pavelka, play by play legend, joining the show here in a few minutes. We're going to recap the Nebraska basketball season mm-hmm. with KP. We've got some staff news on Nebraska basketball to get to as well. Uh, we, uh, we, Caleb, I'm surprised you made it back over from Haymarket. That baseball game like just ended. Uh, and then they're going to get going here in a couple hours again. Yeah, I don't know if they even went home. They Maybe they just made a Red Bull run and, and stayed there at the park. Well, why not? Sleep at the ballpark. Yeah. We've all done it. Yeah. Wrestling has five All-Americans. And is sitting in fifth place at nationals right now with mm-hmm. uh, with just the last day here to go. That's pretty exciting stuff. It has one wrestling for a national title. Yes, in the finals. Ridge, Ridge love it. it. Yes, so uh, pretty exciting stuff there. And uh, spring football starts back up again here mm-hmm. this week. We had uh, a week off with with spring break. Yep. I did not have a week off at the house because my <laughs> kids were on spring break. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but let's let's get things started here with some baseball because. Uh, that or excuse me, um, women's basketball. I should also say, yeah, season comes to an end last night, uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, I wasn't able to watch the game the entire way through, but I know you were, Caleb. And uh, Gonzaga had a, a pretty small lead at halftime, but man, they just they just kind of pulled away mm-hmm. from Amy Williams' squad, and and Nebraska just didn't seem to have answers for what Gonzaga threw at him there in the second half. And yeah. the, the, the season comes to an end with uh, just nine losses. A pretty pretty exciting season overall for the it, it was. It, it was. It was a fantastic season to cover. Wonderful to be around this entire team. You um, you could see the love that they played with because of the well, the joy that they played with because of the love that they had for each other. And the, the fan base felt that and fed off of that. That's why you saw so many people gravitate towards this team and what they were doing. Um, now, last night, or I guess yesterday afternoon, Gonzaga was just the more physical team. And, and Nebraska struggled against teams that were more physical than they were. Um, they were able to overcome it at times with some good transition game, but that wasn't there last night. And the, the threes stopped falling. The shots overall stopped falling. Um, did not shoot great in the uh, in the second half. G- was, did not rebound the ball well because the other team was more physical. Um, and this is a place that you realized you missed Ashley Scoggin. Mm-hmm. When when you started to get into the press situations, because as soon as Jazz Shelley picked up her third foul, then her fourth foul, and she's on the bench, and you've got 17 minutes to go in the game, immediately Gonzaga went to, oh, we're going to press a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. And they had done that in the first half um, in stretches, but in the second half you saw them ratchet it up, and that's where it extended to a 10-point lead. And because Nebraska does have people who can handle the ball. Sam Hybe can dribble through some people. She can make some people look silly. Um, just about everyone on the court can can dribble in some way. 
But Josh Shelley's your main point guard ball handler. And when it wasn't her, it was Ashley Scoggin. And that's really where that's really where you missed having that piece of the puzzle. Um and it, it showed up in the NCAA tournament, and that's the place that you can't lose. So one and done on the way out there. But that's a very that's a good Gonzaga team. Um, they've they've been to the tournament what like five years in a row or something. Um, they're a very veteran team. They've they've got that experience of playing in that type of environment. Whereas Nebraska, think about the home crowds Nebraska has just been playing in. Think about the Big Ten tournament crowds Nebraska had just played in. And then you go to this neutral site where energy seems not 100% there, and you're going against a physical team. You haven't played in two weeks. Then you start to have a few things go wrong, and the inexperience showed a little bit. You missed a lot of bunnies inside. That would have helped you stay in the game. Um, But overall, man, fantastic to watch. I I hope everyone who can come back does come back because there's such a good core for this team. Um, There's some good additions coming in. I think next year will just be even better. You can see that development, especially for your freshmen um, from year one to year two, where they can take off. Uh, Just another year of everyone playing together. I'm I'm looking forward to what this team does next year very much because they were a lot of fun to cover. Yeah, and and like you said, Gonzaga, you know, a pretty good team and and you know there it was an eight nine game. Nebraska would not have had as good a team had they been in a seven seed or a right. six seed. And uh, but but that's that's the team that was in front of. Them. And, and to your point, in terms of you know the three point shots not falling, first quarter four of seven, fifty seven percent. Second quarter shot still forty percent, made two of them, two of five. Third quarter fifty percent, but only made one. Just one for two, and then in that fourth quarter, just two for eight. They just yeah. they just couldn't find it, and and Gonzaga was able to out rebound the Huskers. Uh, that was a, that was a factor. They they dominated the second chance points, fourteen to three. Dominated in points the paint, in the paint, thirty two to eighteen. Uh, their bench was able to contribute more, seventeen to six. So well, those points in the paint. Nebraska only had five at halftime, five or six at halftime. Mm-hmm. So you could see where things were already going. Yeah. Um, and because Nebraska was shooting like. Thirty percent inside, less than that yeah. um, on layups. Um, th- those are the types of things. If you, if you can't be physical inside, and that was for all the three point shooting, for all of the transition game that Nebraska had, having an inside presence is what really made this team go. Alexis Markowski is he born inside Bella Cravens, and you just didn't quite get all of that yesterday. And we've talked about how this team is versatile. You can win games in different ways with this roster, and they have done that, especially uh, recently against top 10 team in Michigan in that NCAA tournament game when Sam Hybe just went nuts in that fourth quarter when they shut down Alexis Markowski. And Markowski finishes the game 10 points, 9 rebounds. Uh-huh. Very nice game for her. Uh, but And Sam Hybe tried to shoulder the scoring load at times, too. She ends up with 20 points, 6 of 15 shooting. Uh, but to your point on, on the Jazz Shelley foul trouble, really the only time this season that she's dealt with that, that they've had mm-hmm. to limit her minutes because of foul trouble. And, and that may have affected them a little bit. Uh, she still played 31 and a half minutes, uh, but she usually gets up there closer to 40. And, and that part of it, just keeping the offense a little bit more out of sorts, mm-hmm. uh, leading to you know maybe a turnover or two here. And, and just defensively, Nebraska didn't hold up uh, against Gonzaga when they didn't have their shots falling, and, and the Zags were able to just... You know, kind of, kind of hold the Huskers off at arm's length that, right. that entire second half. Alexis Markowski, Big Ten Freshman of the Year, 
and we're able to talk about how in an NCAA tournament game, we wanted more out of her. And as a true freshman... Just a rebound shy of a double-double. Yes. <laughs> still goes for 10 points and 9 rebounds. Yeah. Still made her presence known, yeah. um, even though we can all see it, and I'm sure she she knows this too. There's so much more that she can do, and you can see the potential with her. That is such an exciting player going forward for this program on what she's going to be able to do for you over the next few years. Allison Widener, the fact that she was getting such run, especially here at the late stages of the year, what she's going to be able to develop for your program. Um, Jessica Cootie had a really nice feature on Bella Cravens um, and what kind of addition she's been uh, for this team. I think everyone has the ability to come back. If I looked at it right, everyone has the ability to come back. Yeah, there were no true seniors on the roster. Yeah, like you said, there is a nice core uh, to build on with Amy Williams and this, this staff, and, and you, you have... You have really good building blocks in terms of you got a point guard, which is something the men are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got size, you've got scoring, you've got three point shooters. Uh, you you kind of have all those pieces there, and in a Big Ten conference that is, you know, it, it's pretty difficult on the women's side, just like it is on the men's side. You you have the ability now to build on that where. Not everybody in the Big Ten is going to have that type of core returning if Nebraska mm-hmm. gets that that kind of consistency back. And so uh, that would be a pretty exciting deal uh, to, to get if, if in fact, they, they do have all those those ladies come back uh, for next season. Um, it, is, it is tournament time, and the, the tournament started up on Thursday on the men's side, and some of the Big Ten, <laughs> most of the Big Ten, in fact, uh, did, did well, moved on. Uh, there is there's one higher seed that that just did not quite make it, and you know sometimes sometimes you trust the wrong Big Ten teams in your in your brackets, Caleb, and sometimes those Big Ten teams disappoint you. That's right, or sometimes they do exactly what we wanted them to do, <laughs> and we're all Richmond Spiders fans today, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yes. Iowa Iowa goes out early. That was um, that was not expected. Even against a, a Richmond team that can get hot, that was not expected for Iowa to go out. There were a number of folks picking Iowa to the Sweet 16. Um, even some to the Final Four. Or to the Final Four, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you start to add all of that up, shoot, Wisconsin almost went down. Just about. They they needed a late run last night against Colgate. Um, and Well... They also needed Colgate to just stop making shots. Yeah, they <laughs> they, they were otherworldly hot for a while. They, they they started not taking those three pointers, not being able to take those three pointers. Wisconsin maybe mm-hmm. changed a little bit defensively. They they turned up the pressure. Yeah, Illinois led for I think twenty five seconds uh-huh. there at the end, and, and just about got beat by thirteen seat Chattanooga. But they end up moving on. They win by one point over the mocks. Um, six of the nine Big Ten teams are still in it. Uh, and and that matches the most of any conference. The big t- the Big Twelve actually all six of their teams that got into the tournament moved on to the second round, including their 11 seed Iowa State. Uh, and uh, the ACC I think has four of five left. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 still has two of their three. Mountain West tough tough uh, tournament for them. They go 0 for four. Ooh. Um, and then uh, yeah, so it it, it was it was an exciting time. You, you can never you can never not love a 15 seed winning. There have been 10 of those ever, 15 seeds winning in the first round. And just last year, 15 seed made the Sweet 16 for just the second time when Oral Roberts did it. Uh, and St. Peter's will get to take on Murray State for a chance to do it again uh, this season. And uh, yeah, it, it's, look, Thursday, Friday, 
first rounds of the tournament. It's two of my favorite days of the year. Well, and now, not just the, the Thursday-Friday part of it, but if you take Thursday through Monday, mm-hmm. you have got the men's, the first half of their first round on Thursday, mm-hmm. and then men and women at the same time Friday, Saturday, yes. and Sunday, and then women uh, in their second, second round. round on Monday. The It is insane the amount of basketball that is available to you throughout this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that yesterday there were 32 games going on at the same time. Yes. Phenomenal. Like you, you could just turn and just watch great basketball all, all over the place. Who, who was it that, that held a team to like four points and a half or something? South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. I think at the end of the third quarter, it was 60 to eight. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. South Carolina beat Howard 79 to 21. Really, really, really pulled the off, dogs off. They really let the gas off uh, there in the fourth quarter. Oh, man. <laughs> but that that tells you... So here, here's something, because I think it was Nicole Auerbach for The Athletic had a really good article about parody in um, women's basketball, college women's basketball, because it yeah. is. There is so much more parody now than just being able to look at um, look at the beginning of the season and go, Gino Oriyama and UConn are going to win. Or Pat Summit and Tennessee are going to win. Yeah. Or even Notre Dame's going to be in the hunt. Like you could go through and you could pick at the beginning of the year and say that program's going to win. Mm. Especially like UConn, you're like they've won a hundred games in a row. Yeah. They're probably going to keep winning this year. Yeah. Um. You can't do that anymore. Now South Carolina is still the far and away favorite, mm. but you had some upsets yesterday. You had a twelve five upset. Yep. Um, on the women's side, you had South Dakota, our friends mm-hmm. just to the north here, got a 10-7 upset. Yeah. There, there are some places in there that you can find there's a lot more parity. The, the tippy top is still going to be really, really good. Your one seeds, your two seeds, those are still going to be your absolute favorites, but they still really are in the men's tournament, too. They, yeah. they, they can get tripped up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the women's tournament is so much fun to watch the way you're seeing so much more parity come out from all this. And that's a part of that is the exposure you're able to get at any of the other programs. Um, those like in Iowa or in Nebraska, mm-hmm. where you have such a strong fan base that supports women's athletics. Yep. Um, I think Iowa sold out uh, Carver Hawkeye Arena yeah. for, for their regional games. Yep. So that's always cool to see. I don't care what the program is. If you sell something out for a women's sport, I will I will support that. Yeah. Um, and then what you're able to do with the transfer portal, a Jazz Shelley going to Nebraska, the kind of impact that can have on a program. Think about if she was still on Oregon, how much more dangerous they would be if they would let her play the role she wanted to play. Mm -hmm. She comes to Nebraska, helps Nebraska get into the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2018. Women's game super exciting right now. Right. Yeah, and in terms of transfers, you have Kevin O'Banner from Texas Tech. He was at Oral Roberts just last year, helping Mm -hmm. that 15 seed uh, from UNO's conference in the summit league get to the sweet 16 there uh and and maybe the the most fun transfer story of all on the men's side how about teddy buckets yeah, new getting the 12 5 for new mexico state taking yes. down yukon uh that was pretty fun to watch he got 37 points he was just bombing threes getting to the rim getting to the free throw line he was letting yukon know it Dan Hurley couldn't stop him. He was letting UConn know he, it. He, he hit him with a little bit of this. He got the cabbage patch yes. out. Yes, he did. You got to um, get the Facebook Live going for that dance, everybody. That's like Carolina uh, and Huskers. Uh, saw Frankie Fiddler get on the floor. Saw Charlie Easley on the floor. Um, Baylor Shireman. He, Baylor Shireman was getting a whole bunch of love from the halftime crew. Yeah. Um, so a lot of Nebraska kids, it's nice to see them on this big stage. 
Super fun to see that. Yes, very much so. Very much so. We got more basketball all weekend, obviously. So uh, that's exciting. Um, we've got more basketball to talk about right after this. Actually, we're going to talk with Husker men's basketball play-by-play legend Kent Pavelka. Uh, we're going to kind of put a bow on the Nebraska basketball season. Uh, just kind of look back. It was, a, it was a fun. It was a fun. What ten-day stretch with that three-game win streak? Yeah. And uh, the first half of the Northwestern game, the Big Ten tournament. You know. Uh, so we'll wrap up uh, Nebraska bas- basketball with KP. Uh, we've also got a lot of baseball uh, and some spring football uh, to hit on. All that coming up here, so stick around. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, now that the season is over and we're kind of looking back and, and maybe looking forward a little bit as well uh, in terms of Nebraska men's basketball, uh, always a pleasure to have the voice of the Husker men's basketball program, Kent Pavelka, here with us on the KLI and Husker Hour. Kent, thanks a lot for joining us. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, man. Uh, men, I should say. Caleb, <laughs> yeah. Cole. Yeah, we we appreciate it. It's it was uh, it was a long slog, but I want to start with with kind of how it ended, because I know for a lot of Husker fans, the the three game win streak was kind of chicken soup for the Nebraska ball soul. <laughs> and I could, I mean, Caleb, I think you mentioned it a couple weeks ago. It was probably no more so uh, chicken soup more uh, for them than for you and for Jake being on the air uh, and and telling us about all these games and and how how much fun and and just a, a sense of finally some some awesome basketball here at the end of the year tell us a little bit about how that went for you guys just getting to those three wins the northwestern and and then the wisconsin and and then uh i can't think of the middle one but the the, the win streak right there at the end of the season yeah how 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 special was that for you guys to to be able to to call and, and experience frankly with the team having all three of those on the road well it was uh it was unexpected, uh, and it certainly was gratifying. It was a difficult year to be behind the microphone for for us, um, and it, as just as it was a difficult year for the fans uh, and for the players and for the coaches, you know, it was such a seesaw year in terms of uh, about the time you thought that they had it figured out, and you know they would string together a lot of real competitive games, even though they weren't winning. Then they get you know blown out a half dozen times, and, and and you just didn't you know it was just by the time we got to that Iowa game, and then followed by Penn State on the road at Ohio State and at Wisconsin, it was like this thing needs to be over. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I mean, it just it, it, it was what it was until it changed at the end, and unexpectedly so but impressively so. And I think it was just validation for everybody involved that after three, four, five months, if you, you know, in some cases for us, you know, getting got down to Lincoln in the summer, watching a practice, it's a long haul. After all that, you know, this team uh, made a statement that it was, it was as competitive as anybody in the league. And so the record is, was not good. Uh, the record wasn't going to change as a result of those three games, but we walk away from the season knowing that, hey, this team, uh, this team was as good as anybody at the end. Now, the, the, 
there's a lot that can be big picture talked about, but I want to zoom way in, uh, Kent, because one, when, when you're on the call, I love listening to your honesty and your emotion. I'm going to need you to break down the second half of the Wisconsin game for me. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the, the five-minute stretch and then everything else that happened towards the end of the, the half, and suddenly Nebraska's still in it. Well, you're going to have to prompt me, Caleb, because uh, it's kind of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, uh, the um, the uh, I don't know which part we want to talk about first. That's, tw- that's, a, that's a long 20 minutes there, you know. And part of it was, uh, you know, is this fool's gold in the end? Is it going to, are they going to hold up? And we didn't know until the, that mm-hmm. shot by Hepburn, uh, went, uh, didn't go down and, and they got the rebound and, and the game was over. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, you know, for as little as that meant in terms of, you know, you're not, you didn't win the big 10. If you're going to hold on and win this game, you're not going to the, NCAA tournament, unless you win the Big Ten tournament. I mean, there wasn't anything on the line in conventional terms, but there was so much on the line uh, that, you know, in, in uh, like I said before, in terms of uh, walking away from the season and feeling like uh, you, you, you finally got to the level you wanted to get to. And, and I'll tell you what uh, – that was a, a bummed out Wisconsin crowd, you know. I think <laughs> I think they I think they thought, all right, Nebraska beat Penn State on the road in Ohio State, but we're you know we all we got to do is is play a little bit today, and we win the undisputed Big Ten regular season championship, and and blah blah blah, and then in the end they couldn't do it. <laughs> they could not <laughs> they could not defend Nebraska successfully enough to win that game, and. Uh, and it was a it was a nice moment. Instead, Hoiberg gets a uh, box of wine uh, on the way, yeah. courtesy of Brad Underwood. <laughs> yeah, I wish he'd have shared that little nugget with us. For fo- folks not that don't know, uh, you know, Fred, uh, t- I guess he texts Underwood, yeah, and and said, "Here's a you know, you owe me something here because <laughs> I opened the door for you guys to, to win a share of the conference championship by beating Wisconsin today." I hope it was a good. I hope it wasn't box wine. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure Brad hooked him up with something I think nice. It should have been a box of wine. It was a crate of wine because I think under. I think Underwood get, gets a uh, gets a bonus for being conference champ. So yeah. th- there's yeah. a little something there to send Hoiberg's way. <laughs> you bet. Absolutely, you Kent bet. Pavelka joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour, kind of wrapping up Nebraska ball season. Uh, Trev Alberts back on February 24th announced that Fred Hoiberg was going to return for his fourth season, and we saw them, the team, that is, in action for five games after that announcement was made. And really, other than for, I don't know, a five-minute stretch against Iowa, a little blip in, in that second half against Wisconsin with the, the ejection of Trey McGowan's and the technical foul for looking at a ref by, by Verge, and then really the second half of Northwestern, other than that, they played about as efficiently offensively uh, as they did at any point this season. What did you guys see from your vantage point courtside in terms of maybe a shift in strategy, 
uh, a shift in in how they were coaching the players, uh, what they were emphasizing in practice and and during timeouts. Did you guys notice any noticeable shift just based on some of the things that Trev said or based on some of the things that Fred committed to in terms of changes that he's committed to making to to take this program the next step? I'll make it even simpler, Cole. Uh, it was to me, it, it was simply uh, Alonzo Verge. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw in those last four or five games that when he played as he was coached to play, that well, as I said on the air, uh, you'd tell me who was a better point guard at the end of the year in the Big Ten Conference in those in that last ten days. Than, than Alonzo Verge, there wasn't anybody any better. Mm-hmm. I mean, he it starts with him. It, it started with him, you know, when they were struggling. Um, he just either didn't get it or couldn't. Uh, I, I don't know what the problem was, but um, everybody else did. <laughs> everybody else listening. Everybody else watching. You know, you pound the ball to death, and your other four teammates are watching you. Um, it's it's not too hard, you know, to to understand why things aren't working. But when when he initiates things the right way, plays the right way, you know, his stats speak for themselves, mm-hmm. led the Big Ten in assists. Um, he was really effective scoring the ball. But everybody else got engaged. Everybody else, you know, embraced their roles. Uh, I think that was the key thing during that stretch. I think they all these guys really uh, enjoyed their roles. Uh, you know, once, once, uh, Alonzo started playing the way he played and it, and it, and it, and it transferred over, uh, to how they played defense. They became very confident. And I think what we saw in those last several games, the last 10 days, the team that, um, was really way better athletically than we gave them credit for, because the proof of that is like I said before, you know, Penn state, Ohio state. Wisconsin, they weren't good enough to guard Nebraska successfully when the Huskers, you know, ran their offense the way that they that they needed to, and then they were coached to do, um, because Nebraska just you know executed until they got good shots, and unless you're really good athletically, um, you know, the combination of of of, of your game plan doesn't mean much. You got to have both, and I, I I just think that you know. I don't know what would have happened if they'd not fallen apart in the second half against Northwestern and Indianapolis. Uh, would they have beaten Iowa? Maybe. Huh? Who knows? Uh, KP, one of the, that's obviously talking how things were at the end of the year. Um, things just really clicking. You've got the the McGowan's brothers. Um, you've got Alonzo really bought into his role. I. As much as I loved watching him on offense, his, his defense stepped up because of all of that energy. And I, how much did it hurt? The, this team's development, the identity of the team, when Trey McGowan's went down uh, with that injury early in the year and they weren't able to to pick up the momentum earlier? Well, I think you nailed it uh, because because the combination of those two guards, Verge and Trey, defensively were, uh, were way more than a handful for everybody they played when they, you know, once – once Trey got back mm-hmm. and he he found himself and it took some a while for him to and they kind of came uh, together in terms of playing their best basketball at the same time in those last couple of weeks so i think the combination of of, of Trey and Alonzo uh really playing their best basketball at the end 
was was uh, was the key to it. The man who should have been Big Ten Freshman of the Year, Bryce McGowan's, uh, had a heck of a year. Tough, tough break to to not be able to participate in that Wisconsin game and not really be himself in that Big Ten tournament loss against Northwestern. But uh, I mean, just just speaking to to what he was able to accomplish this season, uh, shot 40, uh, 40 of one forty six from three, twenty seven percent. But the volume was there, sixteen point eight points per game. Uh, played in 31 of 32 games, 33 minutes per game. And the thing that's impressed me the most with what he did this year, Kent, was the fact that as Big Ten play progressed, he didn't get worse. He didn't start struggling. Teams weren't starting to exploit his weaknesses. He was getting better. He was actually improving throughout that slog, throughout one of the toughest conferences, if not the toughest conference in the country. Uh, Bryce McGowan's freshman season, where where do you put it in terms of just not just freshmen, but overall seasons that you've seen uh, at Nebraska? Um, well, I go back, you know. Uh, I, <laughs> I, was, I was behind the mic when Dave Hoppin uh, yep. played, and, and, and that was 1982. What, what is that, 30, 40 years ago? And um, the fact that Bryce broke his freshman scoring record speaks for itself in terms of that comparison. Um, I I, I just think that he, you know, he obviously got better than he was at the beginning of the year. He got stronger. He got um, uh, he got way better defensively. I think he got more engaged defensively. Um, He was able to, you know, he was able to take the ball to the rim. Uh, absorb contact uh, way better than he was earlier in the year. And as a result, he got to the free throw line. And uh, so, you know, we saw at the end uh, a guy who is destined to make a lot of money in the NBA. Now, will you know, will his, uh, will his um, experience this summer in, if you will, auditioning for NBA uh, teams result in him being a pick that, 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 that gets him the kind of money that makes it impossible for him to return. Probably, unfortunately, but I'd love to see him back. Uh, but you just can't turn down the kind of money that he probably is going to be able to, to get. Uh, we'll wrap up with this, Kent. Obviously, the the future is somewhat unknown in terms of specifics, but just generally speaking, looking ahead to to Fred Hoiberg's fourth season, uh, what are you looking towards? What are you looking forward to in terms of philosophy? Um, maybe just you know looking at the Big Ten overall differently, um, having Trev Albert's support and and having a little bit different infrastructure in the athletic department maybe behind him in, in a different way. What what is it that you are looking forward to as as you approach twenty twenty two twenty three? Well, I think it's always in the end about players, mm-hmm. and so the challenge is going to be regardless of what the coaching staff looks like or. Any other any any other nuanced changes, you're going to have to put together a roster with with uh, you know the right quality, enough quality uh, and enough magic to to compete. I mean, you know, the goal would be to finish in the top half of the Big Ten, right? Well, it's pretty tough putting a new group together. So, what's the right mix? You know, how many of these guys that can come back do you want to come back? Um, if you want them all back and they do come back, uh, are you going to get a team that, um, that can finish in the top half? Uh, are they good enough? 
On the other hand, if you turn over the roster too much, uh, can you expect uh, a, a, a first-year roster again again uh, to mature enough to finish in the top half? I think all, all above all of that is, is you got to get a point guard, and you got to get a special point guard, not just a good one, but you got to get one the caliber that uh, will get you, you know, potentially to the top half of the conference. And the problem with that is. In the portal, there aren't going to be all that many of them, and the best teams in the country are going to be after the same half dozen guys. So it's a big hill to climb uh, to expect a 180 degree change next year. But um, by the same token, you know we saw so many times this last year that they weren't that far off. So uh, it's just going to be uh, once again a, a fascinating ride uh, as we look ahead and then experience this next year. Well, as we as we do look ahead to next year, we we'd certainly hope for some better results, but uh, couldn't ask for more in terms of uh, the play by play radio calls. Hopefully, we get more of that, more of the same next season. Uh, Kent Pavelka, voice of men's basketball, joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Kent, always appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us this morning, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. Cole, Caleb, thanks. I I just want to say I appreciate KLIN so much. You know, I grew up in Lincoln years ago, and um. We, we don't, there's not a better affiliate in the, in the, in the state of Nebraska. You guys are, uh, into it, not only, you know, in terms of broadcasting the games, but before and after all year long. And, and, uh, I appreciate that. I really do. Thank you so much, KP. That, that, that really means a lot, not just from, uh, from hearing that, but from someone of your caliber and the, the years you've put into this men's basketball program and, and been around Husker athletics as a whole. So as always, thank you so much for your time on Husker Hour and here on KLIN. Go big red, boys. Kemp Pavelka. There he goes. Uh, good, good stuff with KP as always. And, um, did, didn't get into it there with Kent, but. This week we found out now Doc Sadler, special assistant yeah. to the program, no longer with the program. Matt Abdelmassi, one of the assistants who mm-hmm. basically headed up recruiting. Yeah, big, big too. deal on the recruiting tracks. Yep. Um, and and we, can, we can get more into this probably in a, in a show down the road. Maybe and Trevor Lake's in the portal. Trevor Lake's in the portal as well, yep. Um, but I don't know if it signals a huge philosophical shift necessarily. I think it may just mean that Fred Hoiberg may be taking more of a uh, a point role in recruiting. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you're just going to farm it out to a new assistant. You're not going to go replace Matt Abdomasi with somebody who does the same stuff. I think you're going to see Hoiberg's involvement more. And I'm curious to kind of hear as as recruiting kind of picks up with you know the next cr- the next crop of players mm-hmm. that they're looking at. How much more he's involved? How much more contact he's making with the the kids and 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 how that impacts how they recruit as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and who do you grab for those assistant positions to come in? What kind of roles do they fill? Are are they focusing on on where you're at defensively? Are they focusing on um, scouting opponents? Because we we saw a stretch. We talk about that that three game, three and a half game stretch of what the potential is for this basketball team. Yeah. Um, how much can you go get an assistant that helps you get to that potential sooner? How much can Hoiberg change that helps you get to that potential sooner? Mm-hmm. Um, is it just in recruiting? Is it in a offensive or defensive philosophy? Is it in a practice philosophy? Someone who trains guys really well mm-hmm. and, and gets them for, through all of that side of it. So there's a lot to get into um, with that side. And then obviously watching the transfer portal. Yeah, Going in, going out. Obviously, we, we see Trevor Lakes go in. Decisions to be made. 
Our guy's going to move on. Is Bryce McGowan's going to move on? Is Trey McGowan's going to go on? He could go play overseas easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. He could he could play G League. Yeah, like, like we know these guys can do that. Are they going to come back for another year? A lot of decisions to be made. Do you do you go get a, a point guard in the transfer portal who's a Lincoln native who just played at North Dakota State? I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. There's uh, quite a few questions surrounding basketball, but uh, we've got plenty of weeks to go over those. Uh, when we come you, back... By the way, your last point guard who was that height got drafted in the second round in the NBA. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Just six, saying. 6'6". Six. Just saying. Hey, size never size never hurts on the, on the basketball court. Uh, when we come back, uh, baseball's had a week. Three walk-offs in four games at home. The cardiac corn. Uh, a four run ninth inning <laughs> overcoming five unearned runs multiple lead changes uh, we're going to run down will Bolt's squad when we come back here on the KLI and Husker Hour everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Good, good chat with Kent Pavelka, play-by-play legend. If you missed that or anything else, you can always head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can head up to Facebook Live at KLIN Huskers. That's where we are right now. That's also where we're at on Twitter at KLIN Huskers. Uh, Caleb, you just just made it back over from Haymarket <laughs> Park about twenty minutes ago, just just in time for the show to start. That game yesterday, uh, and look, this has been a theme: it, three walk offs in four days since the Huskers got to start playing in Haymarket, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but that game yesterday, uh, multiple lead changes. Uh, Nebraska's got to figure out that defense because they gave up five more unearned runs, but. The four-run ninth inning, they had a five-run sixth inning to grab the lead back. Uh, multiple guys stepping up, and I, this is the biggest development, I think. Uh, guys finally getting some timely hits. Yeah. Knocking guys in when they are in scoring position, coming through in the clutch. It's it's something that you you can't necessarily quantify, but if you figure it out, it takes you pretty far, and it took Nebraska pretty far last year, uh, and they may just be figuring it out now with this homestand. Four hours. Game was four hours. Two, according to the official Nebraska release, it was two minutes short of four hours, so technically not all the way to four hours. It was four hours. <laughs> I don't care what the official release said. That was four hours. Um, 
I'm not even going to get into the time aspect of it, but uh, but when you have both teams score double digit runs and you have pitching changes, things are going to go a little bit longer. Yep, That's yep. just the nature of the ball game when you don't have a clock. Um, now you got to see what are, what are the long term ramifications for Kyle Perry. Yes, both him as an individual, he left in the first inning um, with an apparent injury and. What does that mean for him? What does that mean for the ball club? Shea Shanneman's getting the start today. Um, but you saw Perry have, um, he'd been a little shaky to start this year at times. He had some good stuff at times. Yeah. Um, Shanneman won, uh, Big Ten pitcher of the, pitcher of the week a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So you've got some guys that are there. Um, Dawson McCarville just had a career high strikeout. Yeah, 10 the other day. Yeah. Um, so you've got to have some guys now step in to where Kyle Perry was as you're already trying to figure out the rest of your rotation. Um, Nebraska has had walk-offs. Think about this. Sunday lost on walk-off to Omaha. Yep. Monday won the game 12-6. to but gave up six runs Led in the ninth. Led twelve to nothing going into the ninth. Yeah, walk off on Tuesday, win Wednesday off, walk off on Friday. What are we doing here, guys? This is like <laughs> this is when when you're getting to the ends of games. Obviously, we want to, we want to keep things exciting for Greg Sharp and uh, um and, and all and Ben McLaughlin and all the guys out there and Nick. But man, let's just get up and stay there. <laughs> And let it ride, um, but yeah, it was uh, the way you're seeing this team really start to fight for each other. I think being at home is a big part of this. As you're in the middle of a ten game homestand, and you're going to get to that next weekend where you have Michigan at home, you get into conference play. So it, it's a big deal for these guys. We've seen Efrai Cervantes have a couple of big hits. Um, Griffin Everett's knocking the ball all over the place, not going to cover off the ball. Yeah. Um, Cam Chick's doing a good job getting on base. You've got guys doing stuff well. Um, that's without even mentioning Bryce Matthews and Max Anderson, like the guys that you're you going to that you're going to need to be steady uh, a steady presence for you. Um, so the, this team, it's really you got to figure out the pitching and you got to figure out the defense. And I think that's the part where we knew that they were going to have to figure that out. When I talked with Greg Sharp on LNK Today with Jack and Friends earlier this week, you'll hear, by the way, a replay of that conversation in Best of LNK Today uh, coming up here after Husker Hour. We we talk about how the midweek, not having midweeks last year, stunted the development, stunted the growth for some of these guys that you would need to step up this year. Right. How having that extra COVID year for guys to come back stunted a little growth for some guys that you would need to see stepping up this year. Um, we also talk about how we're going to see that play out in real time for Husker football right. as well. But oh, yeah. for this baseball program, you get guys in those midweek games, they develop, they become your weekend starters. You didn't get that last year. So now you have to have guys step up there. You have injuries, so they have to step up even more. And then you have to have guys that maybe were going to be bullpen rotation guys. Now you've got to be a midweek dude. Like you just, it's the next man up, but you're digging deeper and deeper into where that rotation was. Yeah. And, and mentally, just from looking wide angle at this team, you are now eight and nine. You oh, win yeah, today, yeah. you are back to 500. Think about the hole this team was in. You, you clawed all the way there. Two and seven, I believe, was, was mm-hmm. kind of the low point record wise. Uh, you had the win over Omaha after they walked it off at home. You, you, you beat them right back uh, with a walk off of your own. 
two against New Mexico State. You've got this weekend series against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. South Dakota State coming up midweek on the 23rd. Uh, and then you start Big Ten play with the Michigan Wolverines. Uh-huh. And those are that's that's another contender in terms of Big Ten. So getting this confidence now, getting wins under your belt, maybe hitting the 500 mark and being over 500 after the hole that you kind of dug yourself early on, and getting to that place before the conference season starts is going to be pretty invaluable, I think. Mm-hmm. And and as you go, assuming you get to 500 and stay above 500 in this in this homestand, you are going to continue to get more confidence for your young guys, for the guys that have a little bit less experience, for your guys like Garrett Anglum, Core Jackson, Josh Karen, uh, getting those guys more at bats, getting them more situational hitting chances, and and getting them more success, frankly, too, yeah. you're, you're, because you're starting to see that now. You're starting to see guys see the ball better. Uh, you're getting into the friendly confines a little bit, and that can't hurt. Uh, and and you kind of see what happens from there because if, if if we saw anything from this team last season, it is that they match up pretty well with the Big Ten. Very much so. Yeah, they they they've had a chance to go through and win a conference last season. Now they're going to have a target on their back. And uh, the the other thing that I think has maybe started to emerge is maybe a couple of these guys are finding their voice in terms of leadership. Mm-hmm. We were asking preseason, like, hey, is there somebody who's going to stomp on home plate after a big home run like Jackson Hallmark? Uh, is there somebody who's going to yell on the mound and be a little crazy after a big save like Spencer Schwellenbach? You didn't necessarily see that early on, and now you see Efri Cervantes mm-hmm. giving it to the Mexico State dugout a little bit after hitting a walk-off yep. uh, shot. Uh, so so if, if you get a little bit of that now, that will help, too, because... You have to develop those leaders, and you don't. I don't think they were there, or at least they hadn't shown it. They hadn't given that to their teammates yet, and and now that that's developed as well, uh, that's going to maybe be able to take this this program a little bit back to the levels they were at last year. We'll be able to get into this more next Saturday because a lot's going to happen between now and then. But yeah. Nebraska's got six more games left in this home stand as you're one game under 500. We're going to need to see Nebraska go four and two in that. Yes. I think because you will then go to Creighton. A series at Ohio State, and then um, another game at Omaha before you come back home for several games, a, a lot of games in a row. Um, but if you can get to above 500 before you go back on the road, um, where things are a little bit harder, regardless of opponent, go four and two over these next six. I'm feeling really good about the start of that conference season. Yeah, well, a couple more notes before we get to this last break. Uh, in that game yesterday, it was a it was a tough go at times for for the pitching staff, but uh, some bright spots there. You had Jackson Jelkin mm-hmm. uh, go for two and two thirds innings, five strikeouts in twelve batters face, did not give up a run, only gave up one hit, uh, and then also at the end, uh, Mason Ronellis he got the win, one and two thirds. Gave up just one hit again there, two strikeouts and six batters faced, uh, just one over the minimum, seven runs earned out of twelve given up, five unearned runs, yeah. three errors on the night. You got to fix the defense if you're Nebraska mm-hmm. and Will Bolt because that's really cost you uh, in a couple of these big innings that you've given up, and it's going to cost you even more in Big Ten play where runs are going to be harder to come by on the offensive hey. side. Yes, so <laughs> yes, that's they are. that's something to watch uh, to see if they can play a little bit better defense uh, as we go through the rest of this homestand here at Haymarket Park. Uh, they're in action today, two o five. First pitch, so you'll hear pregame right here on KLIN at 1.30. That's Shea Shanneman. And then tomorrow, 
Probably Dustin McCarville. Right. Maybe maybe a different. They still have a TBD on the release. That's uh, 12.05 first pitch, 11.30 pregame here on KLIN. And if folks like going to baseball games, listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends during the week because we are giving we give away tickets throughout yeah. the week, both your midweeks and your weekends. And I can tell you we do have Michigan tickets. Michigan tickets. There you go. All right. We're back to wrap this thing up. Right after this, we'll preview this uh, upcoming week of spring football when we come back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. <laughs> Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Wrapping this thing up here, heading into your weekend. Uh, We just ran down the schedule for baseball. And uh, upcoming, you've got some spring football back in your your feed. Yeah. Your social media and your news and your your whatnot. there There are names that keep popping up. And uh, I think at this point, everybody's pretty excited to see Elante Brown and Marcus mm-hmm. Buford just basically go one-on-one throughout the entire spring game, <laughs> because those are the two guys, I think, that are getting mentioned by everybody. Right. Um, here, here's how I want to frame this. So I was thinking about this the other day. If you had to pick captains Ooh. on either side of the ball at this point, I can think of one on the offense and one on the defense that I would think would be pretty no-brainers, and that's... Casey Thompson, assuming he wins the job at quarterback, yep. mm-hmm. and Garrett Nelson on yep. the defense. Uh, who who do you think would be the the other defensive captain? And who do you who do you think it would be most valuable to have as the defensive captain? And then we'll go offense. I'm leaning. I'm leaning Ty Robinson. Yep. I'm that that's the direction I'm going on defense. Uh, just from what we've heard from people, from him being up at the microphone. Um, on the offensive side of the ball. Now, that's a little bit harder because you would have thought Cam Jurgens on the line, but he's gone. Right. Um, you've had so much shakeup all over the place. Do you... Oof. So I'll give you one on offense. Yeah. I think I think Turner Corcoran. You think it's going to be Turner? He he's got to he's got to figure out what his spot is, but I think he's he's going to be one of your five guys, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there's any other anybody else, maybe Nori Nuilli, but he I, maybe he's a guy that you would yeah. think of as a captain possibly too. I Well, I was thinking do you go Volkolek, but he's hurt? Could be Vokalek. Because yeah. he's got the experience, he can be in a leadership role. I think if I'm if I'm going with my heart Maybe it would be one of those skill guys, but I think with my head, you'd want it to be an offensive lineman. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's just it's just valuable to have a, an offensive lineman just be voted by your peers to be one of those leaders on the defensive side. I while I like Ty Robinson, he and Nelson are both going to be on the line quite a bit. Right. I think it would be nice to have a line one of those middle linebackers, either Henrich or Reimer, mm-hmm. be one of those those captains. Because yeah, not bad picks. You have a, you have one on each level of the defense. Maybe a guy like Miles Farmer, mm-hmm. who's played well in the, his his limited spots that he's had a chance to play in um, at his safety spot. Uh, but yeah, I think Ty Robinson and and maybe Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, those those are the the most likely candidates. You've got options though, is the thing we're looking at. This there there are guys yeah. that that you're yeah. going to go through the spring to not just play for their positions, but try to play into a captain's role. Right, and and you, you want we just talked about leadership on the baseball team, right? Mm-hmm. You want to know who those leaders are on the football team as well, because that's going to give you an indication of of how you know how the team is going to be led, who's going to be doing 
um, you know, the the motivating within right. the team because that's the way those great teams are built. It's it's built from yep. within and, and led from within. Tuesday we'll hear from special teams coordinator Bill Bush. Thursday we will get Scott Frost. So uh, keep it right here for those Husker Max practice reports. We've got baseball today and tomorrow. Tomorrow's first pitch is at noon. Today it's at two o'clock pregame one thirty here. 1499.3 KLIN. Good luck, Ridge. Love it. Going for a national championship in wrestling at NCAA Nationals. So uh, good luck to him. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Go Big Red.